0: This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud yeah, depth, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. check it out. Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check, and from beginning gotta tell us what's next, true believers they can come and connect, call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect
0: god bless you family praise the lord my name is brother greg this is solid talk speaking out loud in depth god is good and he is worthy to be praised man if you see the title of tonight's solid talk family it says that this is our time to shine what am i talking about well i was reading in the word of god the greatest sermon ever preached which is jesus's sermon on the mount and it's in matthew uh, chapter five is one place where it's recorded and I was just reading some of the things that Jesus was saying. And really, when I read those things, it almost felt like he was speaking to us today, because when we look at our world today, I see a lot of darkness. Right. I see a lot of darkness. I see a lot of chaos. We got everything that you can think of, for the most part, is going on under the sun. Uh, we got uh, allegedly monkeypox now. You know, we still have the residue of this pandemic. We got war going on overseas. We got a country that literally doesn't even know the difference between a man and a woman. We got school shootings that are unfortunately taking place, all sorts of chaos and corruption. And the reason why I want to have this discussion tonight is because I know it's easy for us to get discouraged. I know it's easy for us to look at all the darkness that's around us and to, um, you know, meditate on that. And to get consumed by that and to get affected by that. And it's OK to have feelings about it. It's OK to be emotional about these things. You know, these a lot of these situations that we're going through are not easy. Right. Um, but what I want to have in this discussion is I want to encourage folks to let them know. Uh, and I see Moni says there's inflation going on. I want to encourage folks to let them know that in the it, it, the darker the world gets the brighter we can become, meaning that it's our time to shine. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, right? Um, We might get into a little bit of the beginning, but for now, let's go to verse 13. He says, "Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor or flavor, wherewith shall it be salted? So what he's saying is, listen, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt, Has lost its flavor right How is it going to be salted It is thenceforth good for nothing But to be cast out and to be trodden Under foot of men He goes on to say in verse 14 Ye are the light of the world A city that is set on an hill Cannot be hid Neither do men light a candle And put it under a bushel But on a candlestick And it gives light unto all that are in the house Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. So I'm asking a question tonight, family, you see scrolling across the bottom of the screen. How should Christians respond to our world today with the inflation going on, the food shortages going on? How should we as believers be responding today? Because one thing we learned on Thursday solid talk is that we are peculiar. And being peculiar means that we're a little bit different. We We should not always uh look the same as the world or respond the same as the world or react the same sound the same speak the same as the world right there needs to be something about us because the world needs somebody to look to so what i'm really talking about this evening i'm talking about hope right we're talking about where can we find hope in such a time as this and the hope that we have is not a hope that's going to be found in this world. I hate to break it to somebody, but it's not a hope that we're going to find here. We're going to find this hope in Jesus Christ. Right. And this is why the Bible talks about a helmet of hope. We have to put on a helmet of hope because the the hope is retained in your mind. The images that you see on the news, the things that you scroll through and see on social media, these are things that affect your mind, right? And so it's easy, because I do it sometimes. It's easy to look at these things and just be like, man, uh, you know, all right, I'm out. You remember that SpongeBob meme that was float- <laughs> floating around for a little bit where he's getting up out of chair. All right, I'm out. You know, it, it's easy to just want to check out. But the fact of the matter is that we have work to do and the darker that the world becomes, we as people who carry the light of Jesus Christ, we should become more visible. See what God is allowing is God is allowing the darkness. And the reason why is because he's trying to point other people to Christ. So folks are going to gradually see Everything that's going on, folks are going to eventually, you know, put two and two together. They're going to eventually kind of kind of kind of uh, have all of these things and they're going to be looking for something. And when they start looking, we need to be the brightest option that they see. Right. What does that even look like? We're going to get to that in a second. But I just want to want to pose that question. Um, How should Christians respond to our world today? Um, I see your question, sister Brittany, we can get into that discussion cause this is an open discussion. Um, so we'll get into that in, in a moment. Here's another comment from Brittany. She says, um, yeah, sometimes folks get extremely angry, uh, I think so this is not a joke but I think Moni is serious and I thought a little bit like this myself she said yeah I feel that this inflation will put me on a default diet you know this inflation make you want to try OMAD y'all know that OMAD is one meal a day right this inflation I went to the grocery store yesterday spent like $200 in there right and it's just for me (laughs) now granted I kind of got some stuff just to have it but but I was just looking at the price like, man, it's what, like $236. And it's just crazy the times that we're living in. And folks are definitely about to get desperate. Folks are about to get desperate. They're about to get, um, you know, hopefully they don't get violent. But if this inflation and these these gas prices and all that continues, that's where it's heading. That's where it's heading. Um, it's certainly where it's heading. God bless you, Brother Randy. Man, it's 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 our time to shine, right? And so what the enemy wants is he wants us to get discouraged. He wants us to take our eyes off of Christ. So we have to, as the Bible says, look up for our redemption is near, right? We got to be looking up. And where is our focus? Where is our hope? Right. So that's what I want to talk about. What people really want is they want to be blessed. If you you might they might not give you this answer, but if you really really pride into somebody, okay, what do I want out of life? They want to be blessed, and when these hard times occur, what's going to happen is people are going to look for blessings, right? But God is allowing certain things to happen in such a way that the blessings that we're used to, which are usually vain and superficial, um, he he's allowing some things to happen. To kind of strip us, and by us I mean Americans, right, but other places in the world too, to strip us of some of these luxuries, of some of this comfort, right, so that we can find out what a true blessing really is. You know, this this is this is almost like uh, putting your child on punishment and taking their PlayStation away because maybe they talk back to you or they got a bad grade on their report card. You know that it's for their benefit. They might not understand it. But sometimes you got to put these measures in place because you know that it's for the greater good. So I'm looking at. Chapter five. Of Matthew, and this is Jesus giving his sermon on a mount. verse one says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And so what you're seeing is the blessing is not always in this present moment. All right. Uh, We have the blessing. And it because it is a promise. Right. So what I mean by that is all of these say they shall, they shall. And what this is really doing is it's encouraging us that whatever we're going through at this moment, we have something on the other end of it. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Right. So none of these blessings are like current. They're active. I'm not saying they don't exist. and You might be walking in this right now, but the way this is written. Everything is blessed are they. So it's blessed are because you're going through something right now. All right. But then the the promise is for they shall be. They shall be comforted. Right. Uh, They shall inherit the earth. They shall be filled. And what that shall does. See, there's a difference between will and shall. All right, in the Bible, and really, really in actuality, but these days we only say will. Shall in the Bible is a promise, and it's something that is definitely going to happen, right? Not irregardless of somebody's will, it's just going to happen. Will means that it's an act of somebody's will that something may happen. So when we read a shall, that's a promise from God that's not going anywhere. So the rest of these say, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Verse eight, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. What I'm talking about is holding on to the promise of God should generate optimism in your life. It should generate joy in your life. It should generate happiness in your life. It should radiate, and this radiation, right? (laughs) It's radiation, the good radiation, right? And I know chemotherapy and nothing like that, it should be attractive to people. Light is attractive to people. That's why people like diamonds. That's why at Christmas time, people like to see those lights up because there's something about light that naturally uh, makes people gravitate towards it. And it's because there's something in humans that wants the light because Jesus Christ is the light. And that's why we're always attracted to these these shiny things. Right. And so when they see this in us, what that means is they're going to say, why are you so encouraged and why are you so radiant and why are you so happy when all of this is going on? Maybe not even happy, but joyful while all of this is going on. And that's our opportunity to do what our homework was from Thursday, which is to say so. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has called out of the hand of the enemy. So we got to tell some folks. So I'm just encouraging us tonight that regardless of what's going on, I believe that God is in a season of us saying so. A season of us going out, talking to people, telling them, asking people, hey, what you think about everything that's going on right now? And, you know, and just see what they say. (laughs) because <laughs> they they got something to say, trust and believe that everybody has something to say in this season. So that's the question that I'm asking tonight, right? Um, how should Christians respond to our world today as we know it? There's always something going on. Some of this stuff is legit. Some of it is not legit. I'm not even gonna get into that. I don't know nothing about the monkey pox. You know what I mean? they they stay they they, they they putting it in the headlines. they trying to find something else. For folks to be scared of. Personally, I don't think it's that intimidating of a name. <laughs> I don't know whether I said this on here, but when they came out with that coronavirus, COVID-19, that was that had a name to it. That sounded like something you see in the movies. <laughs> like COVID-19, you know what I mean? When they came out with that, ain't nobody know what it was, right? But monkeypox, it, it just sounded like something that they're trying to promote. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm sure it exists. But it's just, um, so far, it doesn't seem to be that, uh, I don't know how contagious it is, but from the little bit that I've been hearing about it, I think you get it through like sexual activity or something like that, maybe close contact, I'm not sure. And they say some of this has been happening through, uh, like, uh, I don't know how to say it, but like, like homosexual raves and and parties, you know, sex parties and stuff like that. So uh, they say that they that could be a place where it originated, which I find kind of interesting because recently I read an article um, maybe like a few months ago and it didn't really get that many headlines. I'm gonna see if I can find it, but I might have a little trouble finding it. But if I recall, the article basically said. That. Uh they had cured a man of AIDS. Um, they cured a man of HIV. And uh, so it says, are they, are they going to let me read the full article? All right, ABC News. Let's see if we can get this up for everybody. Um, I don't really have to spend this much time on this, but I'm, I'm just do- showing this to make a point. Um. So they cured this man of HIV uh, Now they say first man cured I've heard that there have been believers who Christ has cured Which I personally believe to be true I mean I don't know them personally I just think it's possible But it says Timothy Ray Brown The first person known to have been cured of HIV infection Says he is now terminally ill From a recurrence of the cancer that prompted his historic treatment 12 years ago. So I didn't notice where the article was heading. But the point I'm really trying to get at is that as soon as they came up with a cure, a potential cure for a judgment that comes as a result of sin, now something new came out. So man cannot escape the judgment of God. Man cannot escape the judgment of God. So it's like, man, we we, 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 we got it together. Everybody can do what they want to do. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, we got to live holy. That's the only way that we're going to have life. So, man, uh, yeah, I just, I'm curious to see how folks are going to answer this question. I think this is regarding monkeypox. Moni says I've been looking into it, but don't know much about. But don't know much about it. But they said it's not as easily transmissible as COVID. Probably not. You know what I mean? Um, the thing about COVID is, folks are so concerned about cases, cases somebody can have a case and be asymptomatic or just have cold like symptoms and that's just a case. But I think the hysteria has made people so, um, concerned about cases. Right. And, uh, yeah, if you're going to track cases, you can make a, a case for a lot of the hysteria, but what about hospitalizations? I think that would be a more accurate assessment of, um, where this thing, you know, how, how effective this is. Currently at my job, we have a threat level. So if it's low, then I can just come to work like a regular citizen. But if the COVID threat level is medium or high, then I have to get a a negative. I have to show proof of a negative test in order for me to physically come to work. Now, this was a little upsetting to me because believe it or not, I had successfully managed to avoid a COVID test throughout the whole pandemic, but, you know, last Monday for the first time I had to get one. I don't like sticking that stuff up my nose. I don't know what's on it. Um, but you know, it's just going to do for now. I'll just do a sinus rinse after the fact, but, uh, that's what it is. You know, in order for me to go to work, I got to show my freedom papers. <laughs> so I went to work, showed my boss my freedom papers, and they they let me come in and work. So we'll see how long this keeps up. Right. We'll see how long it keeps up. Regarding the monkeypox, she says close contact. And yes, men who work that which is unseemly with men will say it that way. She says, my mom told me that the vaccine is the same vaccine they use for chickenpox. Interesting. Yeah. Moni has heard testimonies of people being healed from HIV. Yep. Yeah. God can do anything. Yeah. God is our healer. Absolutely. Man. Um, Yvette says, I believe God will pour out miracles and provide always. I have to have faith over fear because fear tries to grip us. Absolutely. Faith is access in the spirit. Faith, the Bible says, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we can't see faith. It's the it's the evidence of things not seen. The moment that we see faith is the moment you don't need the faith anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? If I have faith, okay, if I order a package from Amazon and that package says it's gonna take five to seven days, and I have faith that it's gonna show up on day five and not day seven. I'm holding out that faith, but as soon as they show up at day five, it's no longer faith, right? So faith is always in the spiritual realm. So the question is, with all this stuff going on in the world and everything that I see around me, am I in the world or am I in the spirit, right? Because I can access fear by the world, but I can only access faith in the spiritual realm. I need to deal with the things that are not seen, right? The promises of God. Yeah, that's a great point that you made. Brittany says we should recognize our ultimate sustenance comes from the Lord. And I think he's bringing us, bringing a lot of us to that point. We are a very spoiled uh, world right now. And I mean, it's debatable as if things are going to get better. You guys let me know if you think things are going to get better. There's like one camp of believers that believes that there's going to be a revival And then there's another camp that believes that we're in these last days. And Jesus said, it's going to be like the days of Lot and like the days of Noah. And and that's that right. Um, Influence. How can we have impact and influence in this world? All we can do is just do what Jesus asked us to do. Right. This this is like a football game. This is like a chess match. We just got to see ourselves as 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 soldiers in the army of God and just do your assignment function as a unit. That's the best thing that we can do right now. You know what I mean? So I would encourage anybody. Don't be anxious about it. Don't be anxious about what you see. Don't even be anxious about doing something for the kingdom, right? Just be intentional about obeying the Lord and he'll let, let each and every one of us know what it is that he wants us to do. He'll let us know, but I agree. Our alternate sustenance is from the Lord. We cannot serve two masters. You know, we've been depending on the money, and the money now is becoming more and more worthless every day. The more inflation goes up, the less buying power that your dollar has, right? So, you know, I don't know. I think about what folks would do without money. You know, I look at a lot of these rappers, and a lot of rappers, I ain't got no money on me now, but a lot of rappers. (laughs) They just like to show off the money. You know what I mean? And my thing is, if money ever becomes obsolete, I wonder how they will stunt. I mean, I'm sure they still will. Like it'll probably be, you know, God forbid it'll be like, I ain't gonna say God forbid because it's in the Bible, but you know, maybe it'll be something with your chip in your right hand or your forehead, or (laughs) you know, but they they'll find a way to flex, but Sometimes I think people love money so much that even if money became obsolete, they might still flex the money. And it's like, dude, you can barely get a loaf of bread with that. Digital currency is ultimately where they're trying to take things. I don't know how far off it is, but that's the ultimate plan, digital currency. So we got to pray for wisdom in this season. We got to pray, you know what I mean, that that God is just with us. That's all we could do. Money says, I don't know. I think we just have to be as saved as possible. Absolutely. Many faith with go cold. Yeah, I'm not sure I, I understand that with sister, but yeah. Oh, many. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, many people's faith will go cold. Yeah. The Bible says that the love of many shall wax cold. That is, that's what we kind of see. And if we being real, sometimes we have these, these incidents like we had at the school in Texas. Right. And it's, it's like, it's sad at the same time, these things happen. It seems like almost monthly now, it seems like every couple weeks, almost there's a mass shooting. So what are we supposed to do with that? What, what is causing this? It's because we live in a godless society. It's also because we have a lot of wicked leadership in this world, right? Um, There's a lot of wickedness in this world. So, man, that's uh, that's all I want to say is that it's our time to shine, right? It's our time to shine. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Don't let them steal your contentment. Don't let them don't 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 be so consumed, right, that it lets your light go out. Because what did Jesus say? He said, what good is the salt if the salt has lost its flavor? Right. What, what good is it? You don't need it at that point. It's worthless. Just throw it on the ground and step on it. What good is a candle if you light the candle and hide it under a bushel? So I pray Need to be Lord set me up on a hill. I need folks to see me and we can't be ashamed to be seen right uh every nothing nothing has shame now except the word of god you know they you can't shame fat people that's fat shaming you can't shame promiscuous people that's slut shaming you know they got all t- all types of pc things for everybody except believers so the only place that the enemy the way the enemy is setting it up the bible says woe unto them who call evil good and good evil he's setting it up so that everything is the opposite So it kind of makes the believer The odd man out But we can't be intimidated by that We just got to do what it is That God asks us to do Yeah, obedience is greater than sacrifice Monty says 212 mass shootings in the past year Wow That's an insane number Uh, Is that worldwide Or is that the United States And there's a lot of uh, Criteria around What's considered a mass shooting because you got almost two types of mass shootings. You got the mass shootings where somebody walks in, uh, you know, kid allegedly bullied at school, gets mad at the world and just shoots the place up. Then you kind of got mass shootings just in the hood, just some hood beef. <laughs> you know, what I mean, just some hood stuff where it's like somebody run up on some folks and they shoot more than four people. You know, God forbid they kill three of them. You know, it's like okay, you shot at like you shot six people. That's a mass shooting, but it's not the traditional mass shooting, the, the you know the Columbine, Sandy Hook type mass shootings, right? So there's a lot of debate over what even is a mass shooting. But we're in this question. I got your sister. I want to get to sister Brittany's question because she really wants to get into this. I want to get into it now as well. Let me make sure that I can pull it up. Her question, because this is an open discussion tonight. Her question is, what do you think about Christians that are heresy hunters? Many of them are cessationists. Do you think it's a God idea? Man, I like the way you even phrased this question. Do you think it's a God idea? I know that wasn't a typo. (laughs) I know. I know exactly what you're saying when you phrase it that way. Man, um I believe there's some heretic hunters that go OC with it. They go out of control with it. For anybody who doesn't understand or question, a heresy hunter is basically somebody that makes it their business to go around and nitpick everybody's ministry, right? To figure out what's wrong with it, to point out who's a heretic, who's not. There's certain... Prominent people that certain people have pointed out, and I'm actually grateful that they pointed these things out. Not so much that I was following these people, but just because I just because I kind of am glad just to know (laughs) that I'm not missing anything from following these people. You know, some of the big names, we don't have to name them, but it's not my thing. It's not my thing. I don't really watch a lot of those videos, especially not these days. I think sometimes when you just kind of learn in the faith and you see a big name person and they call them a wolf, then you're like, oh, why are they saying that's a wolf if you're new? Well, once we start to study the word for ourselves and we start to really pay attention to what's being said in here, then we can pretty much detect heretics ourselves, right? <laughs> like after a while, if you study enough of the word, You know, you guys have heard the old analogy that preachers say all the time. The way that you are able to identify a counterfeit dollar is not from studying fake money. You actually study the real money so much that if a fake dollar comes across a fake hundred dollar bill, you're able to tell because you studied the real so much. So that's the same way I view it with this word, you know, just study the word and you'll be able to see who's fake on your own. Is there a place for it? To a certain degree, yeah. Should it be somebody's primary ministry? Absolutely not. If your entire ministry is devoted to just figuring out who the next wolf is, personally, I don't, I don't think that's fruitful. I don't think it's that fruitful. Let God be true and every man be a liar. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, It's interesting Even David did not kill Saul And it's funny because I remember when I first got this uh, When I first really started uploading videos I made a video where I mentioned some famous preachers names And I was just upset about it I was like brand spanking new in the faith for the most part I was just really studying the word and learning stuff And I went and I, uh, they had a show that lasted on TV. I feel like it only lasted like two weeks, but there was a show that they tried to come out with on Fox and it was called Preachers or the Preachers or something like that. And in the show, it was like four preachers that had a talk show. And I think these were four very famous African-American preachers. And I guess they were just weighing in on topics. And they had, I believe at the time, it was, I want to say, Monique on there. And she was talking about how her and her husband, and I'm talking about the the comedian Monique. She was talking about how her and her husband have an open marriage. And the preachers that were on this particular show (laughs) were just on there talking to her casually, like what she was saying was just all good. It was just I was just like watching it like, y'all ain't gonna correct her, y'all like, you know what I'm saying. So what they did, they just had the conversation with her. She's Monique, she's a famous person, she's a guest. They're just laughing and cackling it up. Um, like it's just all good. Now, at the end of the show, one of the guys kind of did like a two-minute piece, basically saying, "Well, this is what I believe, you know, this is how, what my convictions are, da 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 da. Semi-strong response, but not really. You know, they they didn't want to ruffle the feathers because they have a show that they're trying to allow to be, su- they're trying to make successful. And they just don't want to ruffle a lot of famous people's feathers. So my thing is, when you get out into those circles, it's only but so... Pure you can be. you almost have to water yourself down once you get into certain industries if you want to actually thrive in those industries, especially Hollywood. So anyway, I made a video about that show, that episode, and I was like, hot <laughs> And uh you know, I made the video, and after a while, I just didn't have peace about it. I didn't have peace about it. And so uh, I took the video down. You know, I want to say the Lord had me take the video down. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I took the video down because I didn't have peace about it. And ever since then, I kind of don't name a lot of names as far as preachers are concerned. Not so much that, you know, I, I don't want to be messy enough. It's just I don't think it's my place. I think it's more tactful to just preach the gospel, focus on your ministry and let that be that. Um, so if somebody does it occasionally, if they're led to do it, it's nothing wrong with it. But if your whole ministry is just figuring out who, 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 you know, who said a sentence grammatically incorrect, then no, I don't really think you're being led by the Lord because there's much more important work that needs to be done. But you let me know what you think about that. And everybody else let me know what you think about that. If somebody want to hop on and talk about that, you can. I'll put the link in here once again. Heretic Hunters. You know what I mean? Heretic Hunters. Now, (laughs) uh, I shouldn't be amused by this at all. But I I honestly, I am. What I can say also is there's no beef like Christian beef. And this is one of the reasons why I kind of like being a small fry. You know what I mean? I like being a little bit irrelevant because when you get a big name out there, somebody is going to nitpick you. Somebody is going to make a video about you. (laughs) Somebody's going to do all sorts of things about you. Now, personally, I ain't got nothing to hide, but it's just the principle of being exposed, quote unquote, um, just first exposing yourself and then somebody else so-called exposing you. It's just bound to happen. But I've seen a lot of Christians go back and forth. You know what I mean? Um, I I ain't going to name them, (laughs) but they be wilding out. You know what I mean? And and I mean, really, I'm talking about making videos, hour-long videos, sometimes shorter. I'm talking about comedy videos about different people who they think is not in the faith. And so I just leave that up to them. I kind of stay out of it. I do laugh at it. I know I shouldn't, <laughs> but some of it be funny. Uh, but that's just what that is. Man, yeah, I want to um, see what you guys had to say about that. So that question that I had earlier about the criteria for mass shooting, according to Moni, it's in the, the 212 mass shootings in the last year are in the U.S., If it's three or more people that get shot, then it's considered a mass shooting. Fair enough. Yeah, I I still am curious to know how much of that is just like hood beef (laughs) because it's a whole bunch of just hood shenanigans that go on where more than three people get shot. But I feel you technically it's still a mass shooting. Jesus Christ of Nazareth daughter says first time hearing this wolf thing. Yeah, basically it's just, it's just, so heresy is some, is, is a false gospel, right? So a heretic hunter is just somebody that's preaching a false gospel. So when somebody thinks somebody is a wolf what their goal, hopefully is, is to let the rest of the sheep know, Hey, If you're following this guy as an under shepherd, he doesn't have your soul's interests at heart. Um, That's basically what it is. And so they mark that person as a wolf. The Bible does say, you know what I mean? Um, Mark those which cause division. You know, so the wolf could be causing the division. Sometimes the heretic hunter could be causing division. But it says mark those that cause division. Another place says that God doesn't like them that sow discord. So there's some people who expose folks legitimately, and then there's some people who are just sow in discord among the brethren. That's that's one of the six things, or one of six things that the Lord hates. People that sow discord amongst the brethren. Yeah, I don't know why people will play with Jesus. That's not a smart move. Yeah, no fear of God anymore. God is silence. You know what? Um, Do we want God to move? You know, this is something Pastor Gary Price talks about sometimes. When God actually does move, it's not going to be light. So I thank God that we're under this dispensation of grace, where we still have an opportunity to actually tell people, to actually share the gospel we still got a little bit of freedom left. We got to take advantage of it. The Bible says, redeem the time for the days of evil. Money says, if it doesn't bring unity or draw people to God, then I don't believe in it. I believe in preachers calling out people to prevent others from going down the wrong path. Yeah. I don't agree in open marriage. Yeah. It's something sacred, absolutely. Let me go back up and see some of these comments. Yes, most people don't bat an eye at evil these days, man. Well, if you bat an eye at 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 evil these days, people will say that you're judging, and that's the one scripture everybody knows. Like you ain't even got to read the Bible to know. You know, they'll throw that out at you immediately. Doesn't the Bible say, Judge not, lest ye be judged? (laughs) You know, or they, they don't even know that. They just know it says, Judge not. They don't know what the next scripture says right after that, which says, basically, take the beam out of your eye, then you can see clearly to be able to judge your brother accurately, right? It's talking about hypocrisy, but it's not saying that we can't judge. The Bible says that he who is spiritual judges all things. So there's a time and a place for judgment. I think in Romans chapter two, Paul talks about instances where we should not judge. Let's see if we can pull that up real quick. Romans chapter two. I hope this is in Romans chapter two. Yeah, it looks like it's in Romans chapter two. All right, let's see if we can get this up on the screen. You know what I mean? Cause cause now I think this might be a little bit in relation to the law, but I gotta uh I gotta refresh it, refresh myself as I read it. Okay, cool. I guess I throw my big head back on there. Okay. Therefore, thou art excusable, O oh man, whosoever thou art that judges. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest does the same thing. So what he's saying is, you can't judge somebody else if you're doing the same things. So he says, but we assure that the judgment of God is according to the to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things and do the same, That thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Right. So he's saying, listen, if you talk about somebody for doing something and then you do it, do you think that you're going to escape the judgment of God? Look at verse five. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasure up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So what he's saying is you have a, a hard heart. Right. And what you're doing is you're storing up judgment against yourself. That's what Paul is really saying to them here. He's saying you're storing up wrath against yourself in the day of revelation. So whether we have a license to judge or not, we need to walk circumspectly. That means carefully (laughs) either way. That's why a lot of times I just shut up. You know what I mean? It's. I see a lot of stuff, and I just be like, "Lord, that ain't my business." There, are folks, occasionally it doesn't happen often, but occasionally somebody would come on my channel saying something about me. I say, "Lord, that's between you and them." <laughs> I fold my hands like this. I say, "Lord, that's 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 there between you and them." The Lord watch between me and thee. I ain't got nothing to do with it. I bless them in the name of Jesus. Keep it moving. Um. I could respond. Do I do I get tempted to respond in the flesh sometimes? Yeah, I do. You know, I'm good with the comebacks. You know, I'm good. I'm good with the rebuttals. But God hasn't called me to rebut and to revenge. He's called me to, to allow him to have vengeance. So verse six says that God will render to every man according to his deeds to them who by patient continuance in well doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. I'm trying to get to the part at the bottom there where he starts to go into how certain people judge certain things. Maybe that was it. Maybe that's all he was really saying, the part that we just read up at the top. But that's what it is. Um, Look at verse 16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by jesus christ according to my gospel lord have mercy the secrets of men we got air we got clear all our secrets with god (laughs) uh lord i want to tell you all my secrets man this this is some good scripture we ain't gonna get into deep into romans if we start on romans tonight We'll mess around. We won't get off of here. So I'm gonna leave that alone. But yeah, I want to talk more about these heretics. Uh yeah, yeah. Moni remember that preacher, so she said the preachers was kind of like the view or the real. Yeah, it was like the view or the real, but it was for preachers. And I don't think. I didn't see it on TV more than like a month or two. I don't know what happened to the show, but I just didn't see it on too much after that. But each one of the guys that was on there, I had kind of already heard a few suspect things about them, right? So, hey, God bless you, Sister Nyla. Praise the Lord. Brother Randy says, focusing on yourself is always more productive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glory to God. God bless you, Key. Um, okay, Money says Pastor Gino Jennings is one to cause a lot of beef among amongst Christians. I don't watch him because he doesn't know how to maintain peace among brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, you're throwing the names out there, sister. <laughs> you said it, not me. Um, Not for any particular reason necessarily, but I don't watch a lot of Geno Jennings. I've seen clips of Geno Jennings. I kind of understand Geno Jennings for the most part. I don't really, I don't have anything against Geno Jennings per se, right? But I've heard mixed things about him. I know folks that think he's really solid, really sound. And I know other folks that think he's off in some areas that maybe he's too hard on. Women, he's too um uh just uh rigid, you know what I mean? And then the point that you just made that he invites a lot of strife. And one thing I do know about him is that he's always into debate, you know. Now the Bible does say that we should contend for the faith, right? But I think there's a difference between contending And just seeking out debate. That's another thing I see with a lot of Christians. Now, God has called you to apologetics. God bless you. But a lot of times people seem to be interested in contending for the faith. And maybe it's different for me because in the world, me and my circle of friends, we used to always engage in debate. That That was like our way of... Fraternizing with one another. We would just (laughs) like have a debate and try to bust one another up. So I got really good at debating. I got really good at making points. I got really good at, you know, proving my points, justifying my points. And when I got called into Christ, God broke a lot of that off of me because a lot of that was pride. And I think sometimes, I don't know if it's with, uh, you know, Pastor Geno Jennings or whatever. I don't know him. I really haven't watched probably more. I know I haven't watched more than two full sermons, not for any particular reason. I just haven't done it. But him and maybe other people, who knows if there could be some pride associated with the fact that you always want to debate somebody (laughs) like all the time, you know, what's really behind that. But God is good. Brittany says, I also don't think as Christians, we can a hundred percent know who is saved or not. Now that's a that's an interesting point as well. That's a whole uh topic. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits, but I think the key qualifier in your point was a hundred percent. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Can we know 100% if somebody is saved? There's folks that I, that I would say I I know are saved, but do I know 100%? Who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows? But we got to ask for discernment. We got to be prayerful. Got to be intentional. And we got to look at the fruit. Yeah, I like to mind my business as well. I'm like, man, just I don't and I just I never understand why folks just be so like why folks just feel so free to just insult people (laughs) like that. That name the name of Christ. I mean, they'll, they'll just throw out all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, man. And then occasionally I've seen them go back retroactively and be like oh I was wrong about that or I apologize you know what I mean and that's cool if you want to apologize but it's like folks just be so quick and and the Bible says that we need to be slow to speak like be slow to speak now y'all know I talk slow that ain't what it necessarily mean be slow to speak man because this, this is the way I feel about it we're going to be judged for every idle word that we say So do you really want to say an idle word about somebody who could potentially be a a man of God? This is what we got to understand. You know, uh, Brother Rain, we were having a discussion. He made this point. A guy like Balaam. Balaam was a true prophet of God. Balaam heard from God. But Balaam eventually went left, right? He... Basically told foreigners ways to make Israel curse themselves. So he was not working for God, even though at one point he was on God's side. He was hearing from God. Same thing with Saul. At one point, Saul was God's man. But even David said this is how serious it was with David. David heard about Saul and Jonathan getting killed. And how did he hear about it? Some dude came up to him because they were in warfare. And he's like, hey, David, Saul and Jonathan got killed. And he told him how they got killed. And I think what the story he told him was like, um, maybe Saul asked him to fall, uh, asked the guy to kill him or something like that so that he wouldn't be killed by a woman. I can't remember all the details, but the long and short of it, David said, how are you so comfortable coming up to me, telling me, or well, how are you so comfortable killing God's anointed, right? How are you so comfortable and why were you so comfortable telling me about it? Let me see if I can find this because I feel like I'm butchering it. I don't even know how to fully search this one. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's in one of the books of Samuel but uh but the point I'm trying to make is even when Saul was David's enemy and even when even when you know what I mean Saul was trying to kill David David still had a reverence for Saul Let's read this real quick. Now, this is in a common English version. It's the first one that came up, so we're gonna see if it makes sense. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 1. It says this. It says, Saul was dead. Meanwhile, David had defeated the Amalekites and returned to Ziglag. Three days later, a soldier came from Saul's army. His clothes were torn and dirt was on his head. He went to David and knelt down in front of him. David asked, where did you come from? The man answered, from Israel's army. I barely escaped with my life. Who won the battle? David asked. The man said, our army turned and ran, but many were wounded and died. Even King Saul and his son, Jonathan, are dead. David asked, how do you know Saul and Jonathan are dead? The young man replied, I was on Mount Gilboa. And saw King Saul leaning on his spear. The enemy's chariots, excuse me, the enemy's war chariots and cavalry were closing in on him. When he turned around and he saw me, he called me over. I went over and asked what he wanted. Saul asked me, who are you? An Amalekite, I answered. Then said, he "Kill me. I'm dying and in terrible pain. So I kill him. I knew he was too badly wounded to live much longer. Then I took his crown and his armband and I brought them to you, your majesty. Here they are. At once, David and his soldiers tore their clothes in sorrow. They cried all day long and would not eat anything. Everyone was sad because Saul, his son, Jonathan, and many of the Lord's people had been killed in the battle. David asked the young man, where's your home? The man replied, my father is an Amalekite, but we live in Israel. David said to him, why weren't you afraid to kill the Lord's chosen king? And you even told what you did. It's your own fault that you're going to die. Then David told one of his soldiers, come here and kill this man. So basically. Even when Saul was off. Even when Saul was in sin, he was consulted mediums. He was trying to kill the new anointed person, which was David. He was pursuing David. He was going crazy. David still had reverence for this dude. So my thing is, if God doesn't tell you to expose somebody, don't do it. <laughs> if He tell you to do it, do it. You know. But if He don't tell you to do it, don't do it. And that's just amazing to me that folks just feel so unafraid to just talk about anybody, not get it. They might think that they're wolves or something like that. But, um, you know, as the point I'm making about Saul and Balaam is that, yeah, but when they died, you could argue that they were wolves. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, because God had, had used them at one point, it was up to God to deal with them. Yeah, thank you. Second uh, Samuel chapter one. It was up to God to deal with them. And he did. So, uh, listen, it's, 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 it's wild. I feel like God can use anybody. I feel like y'all might, sometimes I might take a little jab. Y'all might hear me say something about how every day is not Friday. We know who that's a jab about. That's, you know, a Joe Osteen reference. But. God used Joe Osteen in my life one day. (laughs) I mean, I was a baby, baby, baby Christian. I probably hadn't been saved more than like six months, definitely not more than a year. And I was following Joe Osteen on Twitter because somebody, (laughs) this is just so funny when I go back and think about it. I was following him on Twitter because I got saved. And I mean, he was a popular person. I think maybe somebody told me to follow him or something, or maybe Twitter recommended it. And man, I was having a rough day. I'm talking like a, a, a bad day. I don't know what I was going through, but I was just going through something spiritually. And lo and behold, I like got on Twitter and Joe Osteen's tweet was at the time, you know, it was something positive because that's all he preached about. <laughs> I can't even remember what he said. But what I remember is that whatever he did say, it was very encouraging in that moment. Like it really it really kind of did something to. um. To shift me in a positive direction. And so I'm grateful for that. So, as much as we can get on people for not teaching a full counsel, and even some people are heretics, right? God knows everything that's going on. And he can use certain people, right? He can use sinners, actually, <laughs> if you really want to get deep into it. He can even use people that don't even know him. A lot of the connections that I got that started my career path. One was from a guy, I'm not sure if he's a believer or not, but he, he doesn't appear to be. And the other one, it was a lady, she was an Asian lesbian woman. And she was responsible for helping me in my career. And I look, I know in hindsight, God opened all of those doors for me. So my thing is we got to we got to I think brother Randy said it better best. The main thing is we need to focus on our walk with the Lord. We need to focus on ourselves, make sure we got our house in order. Old folks say it this way, sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. And that's just what it is. Um God can use anybody. Should people be preaching false doctrine? No they shouldn't. Should they be called out for it in the right context? Yes, they could. But should somebody's entire ministry be just trying to figure out the next person to expose? Probably not. Probably not. You know, you got something to say. You know, Paul withstood Peter to the face. It happens, but probably not your whole ministry. Not your whole ministry. All right, let's see. Man. True, I see it in the church all the time, shaking my head. Even with people who are self-righteous, they have no reverence for the people of God, always bad-mouthing the innocent. Wow. Brittany says, yes, every time I would see one sister in Christ, she'll say something discouraging, the opposite of what you'd expect from a mature Christian. Yeah. Some people just got a lot of negativity around them. And I don't know what that is. Yeah, God can use anyone in many ways. Absolutely. Yeah, I've seen him do it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to think if God used anybody else. He definitely used Joel that one time, though. (laughs) He used Joel that one time, you know what I mean? But, But I think there was a part in the Bible... Where somebody was going around preaching Christ, but they were doing it for the wrong motive. And I think it's like some preach Christ of contention and others preaching for a certain reason, but he's saying, as long as Christ is preached, that's the only thing that matters. Um, Philippians 1 15 through 18. Let's see if we can get this in. uh, Okay, NIV. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. This is Paul writing when he was locked up. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. So Paul is saying there, listen, some people are preaching Christ for the wrong reasons. But regardless of that, is Christ preached? One thing we got to know is that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Lord will have you in maybe in a certain teaching or under a certain ministry for a period of time. And he might just want you to get something out of that ministry. And then once he's done with what he needs you to get, he might he might expose something in that ministry that, you know, is fake. And it just doesn't sit well for you and you might leave. That's what happened to me (laughs) Uh, when God told me to go back to church. I went to the first church that I knew, which was a Baptist church. Went there. I was a baby Christian. I was getting whatever, probably milk, right? Eventually, I started teaching more complex things than what I was learning in the church I was going to. When it was time for me to leave, God took the taste away. He told me to leave. I left. Then I was in no man's land. But now I'm not really getting fed, right? So God sends me to a church around the corner, which was Nate's church. Great church. This is an apostolic church. Um, I don't really agree with the core principles of the apostolic doctrine, so I left. Or re- Really, I never joined, right? And I still go in fellowship sometimes, but I never joined. So sometimes you just got to get what the Lord wants you to get and then, then be gone. Being in a church is like being a plant. Some plants, the pot that they come in, their entire life cycle is going to be in that pot. Other plants, you're going to buy it. It's going to be really small. Then it's going to start to grow. And that pot is not able to contain that plant. So you got to uproot that plant and you got to put it in a bigger pot. And then maybe that plant might start producing its own flowers and stuff like that. So just be led by the Lord. He'll 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 lead you. I've even seen God lead people to false ministries just so that they can expose a false teaching, because sometimes you have to go through it to actually see how these things actually work. There's people who have been in a prosperity gospel. They were like knee deep in it and then God exposed it to them and now they can teach others about it. it doesn't have to be about the people administering it. But if you preach the gospel in and of itself. Or if you preach against a doctrine, when all the shoes fit, everybody will wear their particular, their respective shoe. Moni says, Joe does say things that are uplifting when you need to hear it, so I don't knock him. But we have to know the word for ourselves and not depend on people to feed us the word. Agreed. The thing about it, the, I guess the reason why he would need to be exposed is really what we're talking about tonight the fact that it's dangerous to preach a gospel where it focuses people back to the world because the world is fallen and the world is condemned. We need to have a gospel that preaches people toward the kingdom. And if we're too focused on worldly things or worldly Ambitions or selfish ambitions down here or prosperity down here, right? We're gonna store up our treasure down here, and then we won't have anything stored up in heaven. More importantly, when when the things here begin to fail, like inflation, like monkey pox, like the coronavirus, like whatever else is going on, the school shootings and, and things begin to, to get dark, and you've been expecting everything to be Friday you're going to be thrown a loop. You're going to be thrown a wrench because you weren't prepared. Now, if you read this Bible, <laughs> the Bible is going to prepare you pretty easily. Like, like You'll know if you really get into those epistles, you'll know that this world is not your home. So I heard a guy, I think it was a pastor named Paul Washer. I'd heard him talking about Uh, prosperity type preachers like Joel Osteen. And he kind of said that the people that sit up under him, that's a judgment on them. Like actually allowing yourself to sit under that type of teaching is the judgment because of the selfish, pleasurable desires of your heart. So, So basically what he's saying is how the Bible talks about strong delusion. It says that because they were lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, God gave them a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. So the main thing we got to focus on is living in truth, abiding in truth. Are we living in truth? That's been my prayer recently for this country. Will Lord let truth go forth. Let truth reign. for whatever the truth is. Whatever the truth is about these, these uh, illnesses, whatever the truth is about these shootings, whatever the truth, let truth reign forth. We know that Jesus Christ is truth. We know that Jesus Christ is truth. He is the truth. Yeah, there are some people that open up churches just to get a salary and God still uses them to reach people. God use, use a homeless person to preach to me that changed something within me. Praise the Lord. Listen, wisdom is more precious than rubies. Brittany says I had to leave my church because teachings of a medium was spreading like cancer. Wow. See everybody and this is what we'll be talking about tonight. It's our time to shine. Everybody is looking for something. So we want to shine, right? But that doesn't matter whether their motives are false or genuine. The me- Oh, you already got it in there. Oh, this is a different one. Whether their motives are false or genuine. Oh, this is the same one. The message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. Philippians 1 and 18. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to me too. God exposed them after he led me to leave. Wow. Yeah, I believe the real will begin to be established. I see a lot of genuine saints that God is elevating and it's good to watch. You know, Brother Nelson, who I had on here a month or two ago, he just moved to Orlando and he's leading a ministry. And I know he's a born again believer. I don't know a hundred percent, Brittany. But I know he's a born-again believer. <laughs> so if you're down there in that Orlando area, you can check out his ministry. It's called Praise Jesus Christ Ministries. Um, I think there's another brother I mentioned on here a few times. Um, All Things Gospel in Atlanta. So you can check them out. You know, so God is doing a great work, and it's amazing to watch. Here's a comment from Nyla. I went to church to a church I love that helped me get to my next level, but God led me to leave and follow him and focus more on him instead of man. Amen. And and God does that a lot with his remnant born again saints. That being said, we got to make sure we still have fellowship. We got to make sure, make sure that you're fellowshipping with somebody and that you have accountability with somebody. You know, we don't want to be the lone ranger in a horror movie that get plucked off and you know, they, they, everybody go left. Okay, I'm going to go check it out over here. Nah, you want to stay with the pack. <laughs> Whatever happened, we in this together. We ain't going nowhere. Yes, prosperity down here is vain once we pass away. Man. Love is a pleasure and not God. That's deep. We need to be in love with Christ wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's in Thessalonians. Man. Listen, family, I just... um. Wanted to hang out for a little bit Just to kind of recap what we talked about in the beginning The world is getting extremely dark Jesus already warned us That these last days are going to be like the days of Lot And like the days of Noah It means they're going to be dark In the days of Noah, the Bible says that The the thoughts of man were evil continually And it, it was violence all the time In the days of Noah It was just continual violence and thoughts of evil. Eventually, we're going to get there. I don't know we're there yet. You know, I'm not thinking about evil. I don't believe everybody is, but we're headed in that direction. But don't let that discourage you. Just realize that it's our time to shine. God has called us for such a time as this, just like Esther, right? It's our time to shine. Don't hide yourself. Don't lose your flavor. Don't meditate on darkness. Since we done already did Philippians, let's go to Philippians chapter 4 and we're going to close out with this scripture. Philippians chapter 4 puts it this way. Now, just as a point of uh, reference, if you ever want an uplifting book in the Bible to read, read Philippians. Paul says this. Be uh, Rejoice. I'm at 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful or anxious about nothing. Okay, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. See, we understand what's going on. I understand it. But the peace of God surpasses all understanding. So even if I comprehend something in my carnal mind, right, the peace of God goes above my understanding. It makes my understanding irrelevant at that point. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, verse eight, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. These are the things that we need to think on. Think on these things, right? Whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtuous, praiseworthy. Think on those things. Think on these things. Well, listen, family, thank y'all for hanging out with me a little bit. Uh, God is good. He is worthy to be praised. That's
1: all I have in this Solid Talk family. You all take care and be blessed. Culture can't keep me in check. And from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guess and show each other respect. I keep it solid I'm dropping knowledge, wisdom, understanding, just like you done went to college, devil know we working, his goal is to try to stop it, helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it, controversial topics, just to keep it honest, truth hit hard, just like it's a blunt object, culture living godless, I can't even call it, we in the last days, Babylon is falling. Don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya, points got to a the this like, will keep on testing ya, Just walk and get the best of ya, I'm trying to tell you bruh, all the the we say we trying to get the rest Speaking of ya. Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check, in from beginning gotta tell us what's next, true believers they can come and connect, call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. of the pages, the blood of Jesus covers all my sin and it erases I plead it and believe it so it covers all my bases, speaking out loud and depth cancel culture can't keep me in check, And from beginning gotta tell us what's next, true believers they can come and connect, call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect, try and keep my sanity, amongst calamity, social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity PC culture on a mission and they try to cancel me but I know Jesus gonna